Hey folks, this week on the Heartland Pod for Monday, August 14th, 2023, a big announcement on the show. Ohio sets a trend. Fascism rears up in Kansas. Missouri Dems have something cooking and it smells like pie. Education attacks continue. Wildfires in paradise. Lots to do, so let's go. Welcome back to the Heartland Pod. My name is Adam Summer. I am your host. This is the regular Monday show, our talking politics show with myself and my co-hosts, Rachel Parker and Sean Diller, who will join us in just a moment. We do have the whole band this week. Together, we bring big topics of the week with a special focus on the Heartland as we bring our middle out approach to politics and work to change the conversation. Catch all of our shows five days a week, including Dirt Road Democrat, hosted by Jess Piper on Thursdays. Reminder, that is on its own channel now. You'll still get it here for another few weeks, uh, and that's going to end Labor Day week, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But up until Labor Day, you can get Dirt Road Democrat on the same feed where you're listening to this channel. Uh, But as of Labor Day, Dirt Road Democrat is going to be on its own, on its own channel. Uh, It'll still show up on our website. Don't worry about that. You can still find it there. We'll still post it to social media. It's still very much in our family of shows. It's just going to have its own channel, its own space, so that uh, Jess can do whatever she wants over there and kind of let Dirt Road Democrat be its thing and sort of breathe on its own. So that's every Thursday uh, at the moment. And then every Friday we have our weekly catch-up show, our roundup show, The Flyover View, where we take that 30,000-foot view of the heartland. Support what we do by leaving a five-star rating, a review, wherever you listen to the show. Follow us on social media with at the Heartland Pod. Check out heartlandpod.com and click the Patreon link to learn about becoming a member of our family of podheads and podgressives over there, heartlandpod.com, or go directly to patreon.com slash heartlandpod to get signed up today for extra access shows and more. Uh, just a note to folks, you know, if you know other people who you talk to about the show, if you go to a meeting, you know, maybe you're at a Democratic event or something like that, and folks want to do it, show them how to get the show or or share it with them directly. Uh, I know that sometimes there are technology barriers. Not everybody speaks fluent uh, podcast. And so uh, showing them how to do that. Also, just so folks are fully aware, especially as you're telling folks about the show, which, by the way, thank you, because you folks telling people, spreading the word, that's that's how we, we get listeners. Uh, that's how we all together help to change that conversation. But the website itself, if you go to heartlandpod.com and just kind of play around on there, you can scroll down and you'll find that there's actually just all the episodes. Uh, there's, a, there's a web player on our website where you can just stream the episodes. So I know there's a lot of folks who they, they get on their computer and they want to go and listen to the show. That's how to do it. Uh, and also, you know, let folks know, hey, we have a YouTube channel. So our Monday shows, Jess's show, The Dirt Road Democrat, most of those, I'd say 95% of those shows are getting posted to YouTube as well. Uh, so that's also a great place for folks if they want to watch on their computer, or listen on their computer, go to YouTube uh, and, and subscribe to the Heartland Pod channel over there. Uh, that's a great place to do it or just, you know, favorite it, whatever. Uh, but that's a great place to get the shows as well. So, uh, all right. Big announcement uh, is coming later. Uh, it'll come when I get Rachel and Sean on. We'll do that together. Before we get there, I've got a quick uh, opening statement for you. Folks who've been listening to this show for a while know 
that I talk about the fact that Democrats seem so fixated on the need to have some type of a savior, somebody to get behind and be excited about and follow this one person into, you know, kind of into the breach, into the abyss, into the charge, whatever. Um, And for folks in Missouri, you know, Jason Cantor kind of represented that for a while. uh, And, you know, he was a very good candidate. And I was struck uh, at the Lafayette County Pie Auction this past Saturday. I heard from all these candidates um, and a lot of really good speeches and a lot of highly qualified folks, you know, for what they're doing. And one of them was Lucas Kuntz, and one of them was Crystal Quaid, and one of them was Elad Gross. And all of these are candidates who, if you want to spend your time finding flaws, you can find reasons why they're not the best candidate. Okay, there's, there's, everybody's going to have a weakness, right? Um, there's, there's plenty of opinions about Lucas. I've shared many opinions in the past. There's plenty of opinions about a lot about uh, Crystal, and, and you know, everybody's going to view things a little bit differently. But the bottom line is that whether you're excited about Lucas Kuntz, whether you're excited about a lot gross, whether you're excited about Crystal Quaid, doesn't matter which one of those candidates, you know, gets you excited about what's going on. What matters is, are you excited in general, regardless of who the candidate is? Are you ready to do the work regardless of who the candidate is? Are you ready to knock the doors regardless of who the candidate is? Are you ready to give money regardless of who the candidate is? Because that's what you have to do. That's the only way that any of this works. It can't matter which candidate it is. Right? This pie auction is actually a great example because there's all kinds of different pies. There's there's cookies. There's you know there's other types of desserts even. They're made by different people. They're different flavors, different qualities, different sizes. Right? All of them are different. But the reason we were bidding on them, the reason we were buying them, wasn't whether or not it was or was not going to be the best pie. That was irrelevant. Although I would say I did get the best pie because I got a gooseberry pie made by Glendon. It was fantastic. But it's not about the best pie, right? It's about giving the money to the cause. It's about having an excuse to give the money. The pie is secondary. Right? I gave most of the pie away that I bought because the pie is not the point. The money is the point. The support is the point. The camaraderie, the coming together, the sitting down and sharing a meal, right? looking at people face-to-face, having contact with other human beings and saying, I'm in the same fight that you're in and I'm willing to pull an oar on the boat with you. That's what it's about. That's what hope is. That's what excitement is. That's how you get there, right? One person is not going to do it. If you're waiting to be inspired by a candidate to get up and go and do something, then you don't really want to do it in the first place. That's just an excuse to not do it. See, it's not a reason to do something just because you're excited. It's an excuse to not do something. The reason you don't want to do it is because it's hard. You might not win. It might hurt. But who knows? Who knows? What if just a few more people stood up and did something about it? What if a few more people decided that this was the time to get involved? What if a few more people decided that this is the campaign cycle? What if that's all it takes? It's just a couple of people here and there, a few people in every district, a couple of people in every county. 
What if you get one other person involved? Think about that. We have a lot of people that listen to this show. Across the country, we have people in other countries as well. But a ton of the folks who listen to this show are in the state of Missouri. And if you're listening to my words and you're in the state of Missouri, A, if we haven't met yet, I'm sorry. I I try to get out there. But B, don't wait. Don't wait for somebody to make you feel all tingly about the fact that they're running for office, okay? And by the way, folks, Jason Kander's not running. I don't know that he'll ever run for office again. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. He has a great life that he's very clearly enjoying being a dad, and I I get that. I get that that's why people don't want to be in politics. He did his work. He's done it. And he shows up as needed, but he did his work. Right? And we're not going to have a candidate like that without the support to put them in that position. Jason Kander lost his election by three points when Donald Trump won this state by a whole hell of a lot more than three points. He was a prior statewide elected office holder. He was a prior representative. He had a military record to go with his law degree from Columbia and some pretty good connections because of who his uncle is. And I'm not saying that that's the reason he won, but it doesn't hurt when you're trying to raise money. If you know people, it matters. Money matters in politics, and it matters, especially if you're starting out and trying to build something big. He came three points from winning that race against Roy Blunt, against a major incumbent in a horrible cycle in 2016. That's how close he came to that seat. He's basically a perfect candidate in almost every way. From If you're just talking about on paper, you create a candidate, right? He's like from a... You know, like weird science. He's like the, the, the computer spits out Jason Kander. There he is. Go. He didn't win. Because it's not about a perfect candidate. It's about the outcome. It's about the people who get behind it and get it done. So stop waiting for somebody to inspire you. Stop waiting for perfect. Stop waiting for some candidate who's going to make you leap off the couch because of how amazing they sound in their speech delivery. Because it doesn't matter. We have excellent people who are working hard, not just to win races, but to represent you, to do work that we need them to do. Let's give them our support. Let's give them our time. Let's give them our attention. Let's give them our energy. And let's make 2024 a hell of a lot different than 2020. Here's Talking Politics. Talking Politics. All right, we're here for Talking Politics. I have got Sean Diller. I have got Rachel Parker. Uh, our Monday show, our regular crew, the band is all here. And uh, it's going to be a good week. I uh, had a very busy week, had a very good week. I will talk a lot about uh, what I did on Saturday night in a little bit because it's part of the show itself. Uh, it was a very fun time in Lafayette County, Missouri. Uh, and before that, uh, Saturday morning, I got the uh, chance to play music again uh, for our local farmer's market. It's my second time this summer, and it was really fun. Uh, and the kids got to come down. Everybody was in town this time. So kids got to come and hang out and it was a blast and raised money for the farmer's market, uh, while I was playing the music. And then today 
uh, <clears throat> was setting some stuff up in the living room and turned on an Austin City Limits and it, uh, turned on a Nathaniel Ratliff song. And Jane, my two and a half year old, uh, she goes, Dada, it's like you. It's like you, Dada. <laughs> oh, that's great. Come so, on. Yeah. Come on. Pretty Come good. On. Pretty Come good. On. Come yeah. on. What exactly. song uh, felt the best at the farmer's market? Uh, so I started playing, I added that jelly roll. Um, yeah. Uh, I added save me and I added uh son of a sinner to my, to my repertoire and, nice. uh, the, he's right in my range and the guitar parts are super easy. So, <laughs> which is also right in my range. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out nicely and yeah. I'm sipping on a, a wonderful oolong tonight, uh, from uh, Bigelow tea. Sean, how about you, man? How's the week? And uh, what you sipping on? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. And thanks for asking. I uh, had a nice week. We capped off the week. I don't know if folks know, but the Perseid meteor shower is happening right now. Yeah. And, uh, it's peaking, bro, right now. It's peaking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I bet it's and, sick in, in Colorado, too. Yeah. Well, like, I'm kind of a dork about uh, shooting stars. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we we went to uh, we drove like four hours away towards Great Sand Dunes National Park, which is like an international dark sky mm. designated place. Um, and we stayed at an Airbnb with with the girls for two nights and caught some killer shooting stars. It was really, really great. Totally worth it. Um, that area is weird. Like you go down the town, it's called Crestone. And it's like this Buddhist Zen crystal energy like sure is that Mecca. where is yeah. there like an earth house there there's like mad earth houses there yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> i know that like the 80s was a long time ago but i'm sure i was there right like at some yeah. point yeah no to totally and stuff yeah it's cool yeah and um and then we just got back a couple hours ago and i like furiously pulled weeds in the front yard for like 15 minutes and then had like a full-blown like allergy attack i don't know if you can see this but like i oh, popped no. a benadryl right before we went on uh and I might be, I might have to duck out and grab some Kleenex, but things are good. Yeah. <laughs> well, good deal. Rich Parker, how about you? How's the week? And uh, what you sipping on? Oh yeah, Sean, we... I assume coffee. But uh... Yeah, you don't want to know how old this coffee is. I was out of town, <laughs> as I said, and I then did the weeds and the Benadryl. And anyway. That's awesome. And it was there. <laughs> it was there. True addict behavior. And no one, no one should judge you, sir. I scraped this Appreciate coffee it. off the bottom of the pot and rehydrated it. You just got to get a spoon, bro. That's all you got to do. You heat it up good. It's fine. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Rachel. How about you? Just, 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 uh, just, re just keep brewing that same filter over. I'm trying to think of like all the times that I like tried to like suck resin off a screen exactly. you know, just because i was like please get me high resin right. off a screen burning my fingers um anyway because you know pot just makes you into a drug fiend um i'm good i had like thank you for asking i'm sipping on water just really boring uh because maybe i i didn't uh smoke resin uh earlier this evening so i decided that was enough of that um uh i am gonna take some trips coming up i'm very excited i'm gonna go meet up with a girlfriend in chicago for a few days in cool. october uh and um we planned a trip we're gonna go to washington missouri and spend a couple nights there oh cool and sometime washington. i forget sometime in september and um i thought were you, you telling me that that we should go adam did, did i make that up did washington's you tell me? great i'm sure I, if you asked i'm sure i was like yeah you should go to washington it's great yeah 
I yeah, like I you, agree with Sean. I feel like you came back from a weekend or something with Amanda. Is that possible? Uh, Herman. We go to Herman per- fairly okay. often. All um, right. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Anyway. Uh, Washington's really good. Cool. Lots of cool historic downtown right on the river. There's, there's yeah, we're we're saying well, like Washington. we're like we're staying in an Airbnb. Been kicked out of like, a bowling alley in Washington once. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah I had very simple requests. I was like, I want to be able to, as fun as it is to like, hole up in a house with like too much food and like just watch Netflix. I was like, I want a little bit of simulation, but I don't want to have to drive a car right. and I don't want to drive far away. There like I don't want to get in a car and drive nine hours. So anyway, so we're doing that, uh, and that's all very exciting. And today. My favorite thing happened, which is that there was a pretty, pretty good dosing. We got a pretty good um, rain shower this afternoon. Just a lovely, mm-hmm. lovely summer rain. And I have a covered porch. Oh, yeah. Um, so I could. Just... Oh, yeah. I bet this rain was killer on that. Oh, porch. it was amazing. Yeah. I just I was just getting wet, just like sitting in it. Just it was incredible. Just um, and very dramatic and super fun. And uh, yeah, it was a good week. Yeah. Yeah, Sean, just so you know, uh, the current state of the weather in Missouri is, you know, that part of the year in Missouri where you're just wet. Right, right. No, <laughs> not because it's raining, but because you went outside. Right, right. Steamy that... doesn't even actually <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it's, communicate. It's, it's wet. Right. <laughs> where you're just... And I, I'm having this thing now because I, t- I, I mean, I try not to harp on this, but I do talk about it that I have this like, you know, degenerative disc issue right. or whatever. Um, which is manageable. But anyway, we went to the Botanical Garden last night to see the Chihuly exhibit at night because it was pretty cool. Um, except that I got there and I was like, oh, this is why my grandparents uh, got out because like, oh, my God, this is awful. Like I like I was like, this is this is why people move to Phoenix. I yeah. get it. I get it. OK. Yeah. Oh, all right. Anyway, I had somebody yeah. in Missouri say to me, because I was talking about, they were asking me about vacation in Florida, and I was talking about how nice the beach is and blah, 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 and they're like, it's just too humid for me down there. And I was just like, so on the beach part of Florida, like in the Gulf, like it's super not humid. Like it's like super nice and like way different. In fact, this is a thousand times worse. <laughs> oh, yeah, because there's no, there's no, yes, yesterday, not to talk about the weather too much, but like, we were sitting outside. It's a Midwest I was, podcast. I mean, yeah, come whatever. on. Whatever. Yeah, what are we going to do? Uh, and we were, I was having a glass of wine because we're waiting for the sun to finally set so because we so we could get the full right. impact of the at-night aspect of this thing. And um, watching the sun go down, it's like a beautiful night, and there's a little bit of jazz, live jazz, and blah, blah, blah. And all I can think is, why isn't there any wind? Yeah. Like, it was yeah. so still. And I was like, this is... Just someone turn on a gigantic, just something, just you something. You can literally fan. feel the air. Yeah. Right. But you know what I call that, though? I call that affordable housing. Yeah. That's what I call that <laughs> humidity. That's true. That's affordable true. Affordable real estate. That's kids. true. Hey, it's a couple mm-hmm. of weeks a year, and, you know, we get the same, the same number of weeks where you step outside and you're just like, did I move? Where am I? It's beautiful. <laughs> am I in Southern California? Yeah. Yeah. For like two yeah. weeks, it's Southern California. For two weeks, it's the Everglades. And the yeah. rest of the time, it's a crapshoot. And yeah, uh, that's yeah, totally. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's that's Missouri weather. So uh, hey, speaking of Missouri really fast yeah. before we go. Because you're going to Washington, Rachel, I gotta plug my uh my cousin Joe's bakery. It's called Joe's Bakery and Delicacy. <laughs> it's on Main <laughs> how, Street. How old are we? Oh, and it's on Main. Okay. It's on are you Main guys, Street. 
Are you guys yeah. on good terms? Like if I walk in and say, hey, I'm a friend of Sean's. Will he just be like, get out and tell him that I want my record player back? Like, is it, is it... No, no, no. We're in. Okay. Yeah, totally good terms. He's awesome. He catered uh, my brother's wedding. Oh, he, nice. Uh, okay. My brother's wedding. And uh, he uh, he helped us out on that fundraiser for Turning Point. Also, oh, no. he was part of the chicken. Of his catering gear. Yeah. yeah. And so this one review that I pulled up from Leslie Smith, who I don't know. Five stars. I can't say enough good things about Joe's. And uh, then she has all these pictures about uh, she starts talking about a brown swagger sandwich. So this is a Midwest podcast. So she says this quality is very consistent. I first had the brown swagger sandwich eight years ago, and it was as perfect as I remembered. Some people fear this, quote unquote, sausage because they've only had it from grocery stores where it's thick and gooey and gross. But this brown swagger is none of that. And uh, the bathrooms are also super clean, which is a fun. <laughs> Well, shout out Joe's in uh, Washington, Missouri. There you go. Yeah. Uh, quick show updates. Reminder, Dirt Road Democrat has its own channel now. Go subscribe to that channel to keep getting Dirt Road Democrat in your podcast feed after Labor Day. Uh, it's going to be on its own. So after Labor Day, it won't be on this feed. It'll be on its own feed. Uh, and Sean, would you like to know why? Uh, I need to pull up my notes, but yes, <laughs> it's, a great, um, it's, it's a great question. Um, it's because I just need you to ask so that I could say it's a great question. Oh, I'm supposed to say why? Yeah. So there you go. It's a great question, Sean, because debuting <laughs> on Labor Day will be a new show from a new host. Uh, folks around Missouri politics probably know the name. His name is Glenn Coggy. He's been on this show. He's been on with Jess before. Uh, he runs a blog called Labor Front. Uh, he has a YouTube channel for Labor Front, and uh, Glenn is uh, everywhere that labor is, Glenn also is. Uh, he is very well known for that, and he's very passionate about it. And so Glenn has started recording some shows, and we'll be producing those shows. They'll be right here on this channel, uh, and they will be called Col The Collective Bargain. So it's a labor-focused show uh, that's going to come out naturally on Labor Day. So look for that first episode on Labor Day from Glenn Coggy, Labor Front, uh, the collective bargain from the Heartland Pot. And uh, we hope folks listen to it. And eventually, maybe we'll have uh, its own channel as well. So a couple of quick updates there. And let's move into the first topic here. True or false. All right. The true or false Ohio is not an anomaly. That is the true or false. Voters destroyed the GOP's effort to restrict the ballot initiatives in Ohio. Uh, early polling results were coming in three to one, uh, you know, and then it was 75 percent went down to 70 and then it was 65. I think it nestled in somewhere around 57 percent. Rachel and I talked about it quite a bit on Friday's episode. Um Really, really big deal. And then right after that, an opinion comes down. Ohio's uh, courts, they're, they're keeping the momentum moving on everything. So really, really cool to see. Um, and, uh, you know, then there's some stuff going on in Missouri. So, uh, uh, Rachel, why don't you kick us off here uh, before we get over Sean, since you and I talked about it Friday, and then we'll let Sean kind of have some space on it. Yeah, I just want to highlight really quickly, like, what the court actually did. So the court unanimously, I think it was every single judge on the panel. I don't yeah. think that and I, this it was is every the single Ohio judge. Supreme Court. Yeah, unanimously. This is the Ohio Supreme four Court. Republicans, three all Republicans. Yeah, so four, the, so four, but yeah. four Republicans. Yeah. Um, so all I believe it was all seven of them um, ruled that a lawsuit filed by state Republicans in Ohio 
to boot the abortion measure from their 2024 uh, ballot is invalid. Yeah. They were just like, get out, just get out. Like, basically, that was the opinion. When you read the opinion, which, you know, maybe you should or glance at it or whatever. It's an interesting story. Yeah, links story. in the show notes, yeah. The, 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 the opinion from the justices is basically like, this is the stupidest thing we've ever seen. You're yeah. wasting our time. Goodbye. So um, that's that that was the day after this was the ruling came out the day after the ballot initiative overhaul failed to right. secure, you know, even a full 40 percent of of the vote. So um, I, I guess so. I'll just say before uh, I go over to Sean that, like, if the question is true or false, Ohio is not an anomaly. I'm, of course, going to say true because I've been saying this whole time since forever that the number one most important issue on the 20 in 2024 and no one is acknowledging it in the way that I think they should is that abortion is going to be the number one issue. The demographics in Ohio scream that the voting yeah. results, actually it's not the demographics, the vote, the demographics of the vote scream that, that right, right. this was an overreach that women, man, you want to wake up women. You want women to show up in droves do this so yeah uh i say i i buy i buy very hard or true i say it's true sorry i'm yeah. like going all the down the buy still already yeah so sean um we've got uh, on top of the ohio thing and i want you to get in on the ohio stuff too but also uh litigation from gop legislators in missouri challenging the cost estimate so we had this whole stupid thing with the cost estimate where the attorney general tried to do something that he wasn't allowed to do and the state courts said no you can't do that well now these legislators uh and i'm not even going to mention their names they're in the article you guys can read the article if you really need their names but i'm not going to give them i think one of them's called fork yeah yeah i don't even want to give them the i don't even want to give them the time because it's so freaking stupid of a lawsuit um so anyway that's got a hearing coming up in september um or no, I'm sorry, the other one. Yeah, that one has a hearing. And then there's another one that has a hearing coming up as well. So the, the courts are moving along here. It seems like it's going to be moving forward. There's lots of momentum. I know uh, Jess has done some work with um, uh, Jared uh, Yates Sexton. They had a, a Blue Missouri meeting. They had more than 100 people on the call. And we actually had somebody at the thing on Saturday night. Jess was there as well. Mentioned like, hey, I was only one person on the call, but I had a room of 30 people that were part of that organization call to help people get pumped up about uh, what's going to need to happen with gathering signature and all, and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the proxy war on abortion as a Politico article got into. And uh, yeah, what do you got, Sean? So on the Missouri thing, this needs to get thrown out of court. It's a lot yeah. like all the, you know, it's like we're in a time in American history where a lot of shit needs to be getting thrown out of court. And it has been, you know, Trump's, uh, you know, lawsuits trying to overturn the election, lots of other stupid stuff. But this lawsuit is really, it's really just in that group of insane legal ideas that really, it's just think, so important that judges say, do not bring us this. I think, I think baseless is the, the right. best that they could exist for this specific reason. They are baseless. Yeah, right. And just like, fabricated yeah which is also basis yeah yeah so anyway i apologize for <laughs> but uh, it says uh you know part of what their lawsuit says it says the proposed amendments would allow the destruction of thousands of pre-born missouri citizens a year right. i don't i've never heard of a pre-born citizen um but you know maybe maybe that's 
Maybe they are, maybe that's something. And then it says that with profound consequences to Missourians that far eclipse financial concerns. And then later on, it says, it's not about the individual office holders that are concerned, but it's about the omission of the true fiscal costs <laughs> to individual Missourians yeah. with measures that could imperil their financial futures, imperil the financial futures of real individual Missourians and cost the state billions of dollars in healthcare funding. Mm -hmm. Bullshit. That is bullshit. Like a judge needs to say, well, a judge, get this out of my court. You and, you and I, you and I talked about this when Adam was gone. A yeah. judge did say that was bullshit. A yeah. judge was like, "I'm going to recognize the information presented to us by the state treasurer because that's the treasurer's job, and it is not yours, Mister Bitlin." So we already yeah. like, yeah. Well, and also, you know, when it comes to the substance of this, when it comes to the connection between abortion and the financial futures of real people. The sad story is that a huge percentage of abortions are based they're in families that already have kids, maybe have married couple at the head of the household, and financially, the couple cannot support any more children, and they end up looking to get an abortion. It's it's insane that they're saying that this law that guarantee that might guarantee the right to an abortion would imperil the financial futures of Missourians. It's just insane. Well, um, and, and the way they're wording that is they're, they're too cute by half because they're not saying that's going to impact the financial issues of folks who are current business owners today or tomorrow. They're saying it's going to impact the future earnings of Missourians based on the hypothetical existence of people who haven't even been conceived, let alone right. carried to term, born, given legal names, birth certificates, social security numbers, and would then potentially have standing, which they don't have right now because they're not real, because ideas don't get to carry lawsuits on their own. There has to be an actual party with standing. Harm. Right. Yeah. Can right. I ask? Can I ask the uh, attorney on the podcast who grew up in uh, evangelical environments a really quick question? Yeah. Is some of the way this worded, is this written by religious activist attorneys who are hoping that some of like a splinter of this gets through in a, in a, in a, in a motion or something so that there is some legal standing to assign personhood to something before it is even assigned a birth certificate? Yeah, I think it's twofold. I think you're dead right, and I, and that that is a really important and and very astute uh, observation, Miss Parker. I've been uh, hanging out with you a lot, so it's all <laughs> some of it is starting to rub off. Uh, because yes, absolutely, they're always, 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 always setting the table with language, language, and it, it's, we call them test balloons, right? For a reason, they're always doing that. They're constantly going to be throwing stuff up like that. That's how they got to the Dobbs case in the first place, which is constantly probing and doing this kind of stuff. So you're, that's never going to end. They're always going to be throwing up legal test balloons. Uh, and the other part of it is money. They can raise money on it because they can use it as so they it's it's a it's a double edged sword for them. Um, and it's the way they have to do it right now because they've won on the issue short term. They got what they wanted. They caught the car. But the problem is they still have an instinct to chase the car. So they have to figure out how to simulate chasing the car for is the it, other 
people is to it, chase. Is it that they have the instinct to chase the car? Sorry, Sean, and then I'll let you go. Is it that they have the instinct to chase the car, or is it they're just like... Well, where, they have the need. What do we get? Yeah, yeah. Like, they know, they know have, other cars. We have no program Not that busy now. of a street. This was our whole program. Our whole program is done. Um, and unlike, say, if you cure cancer and you're, you know, a, a, a scientific researcher, you know, maybe you can die happy because you cured cancer. Or if you're young enough to continue your research career, you'd right. be like, okay, I can go, I can go right. try to help cure another disease now. But exactly. this is just like looking for a disease, yes. basically. Okay, yes. thanks. I'm yes. done now. Precisely. Yeah. Sean, close us out on this and we're going to move on. Okay. Well, this is the last thing I had, and I should probably stop saying this, but I feel the need to, you know, Denzel Washington in training day had a line, something like this shit's chess, not checkers. <laughs> and the... I like that you had to pull that from training day. You couldn't just say, <laughs> but like every time there's like, no one's ever said it except for that character in training. Day. <laughs> right. Great. Denzel Washington wrote, wrote something <laughs> um and it was that <laughs> but you know when when no one's ever delivered get... it quite like him i'm sure so <laughs> right, right. when 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 initiatives like this get placed on the august ballot and when the yes answer i guess i don't know you know yes or no or kind of who's in charge but we, we times... really don't know for sure what the ballot language technically we don't because it hasn't been Right. Okayed yet, so it could potentially change. And there's so yeah. many. There's like seven. Right. There's or a something. lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But like, you know, these get put on the August ballot by Republicans, not because they think that they'll prevail in the August ballot. And so that's what I wanted to bring up. Like everyone on the left who says, like, they put this issue one initiative on the August ballot so they could beat it. Well, did they just make a horrible miscalculation? Or maybe they didn't want it on the November ballot. Because yeah. it got people fucking excited on the left. Yeah. And you can really exactly see it in right. Ohio. You know, it's just really clear. And I think that's the same, you know, in Missouri, we're going to see a lot of weird shenanigans. But a year from now, or I guess, you know, seven months from now or something, it'll start to take shape that like the Republicans would do anything, anything rather than have it on the November ballot. Anything. Jay Ashcroft, Andrew Bailey, Josh Hawley, some of the most you know, loathe inducing uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> both unmoving and not popular. Um, right, I mean, yeah, Josh so... Hawley the, the, at the event on Saturday night, more than one person cited that fact. Josh Hawley's favorables in the state of Missouri are, look like Joe Biden. Bad, right. bad. Oh, right. I love it sometimes how bad they are. So it's right. important that we guarantee abortion rights. And every time it's on an August ballot, that's great because, you know, We'll probably win and every time it's on the november ballot that's even better because yeah. we'll definitely win and it might even swing other highly important races excellently said and i'll close it out with this because i forgot to hit it at the time it's actually josh harley josh harley <laughs> yes it is thank you very much zach for that in perpetuity let's uh move on here yeah no all right, the yeah, no comes to us from our neighbor over in Kansas. Uh, actually, both holy of our, shit. all of our neighbors uh, in Kansas. Uh, Sorry, but this is a holy shit, not a yeah, no for me. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's it's certainly worse than a yeah, no. Um, that's how bad it is. Full blown fascism is uh, how I called it in the show notes. Uh, police raided a newspaper. They raided the home. Uh, of a newspaper editor they took information 
uh, really, really horrible things, seized computers, records, and everything. And then on top of that, the publisher's mother died from stress of the raid at their home. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, after the fact. This is going to be an insane. The civil case that's going to pop up from this is going to be bananas. The First Amendment implications of this case are just, I mean, they're as big as they get. Uh, typically, so that, so that people maybe understand, if you've read the stories, you've probably seen mention of this. Most of the time, whether you're talking about a library or uh, we a, should a, we should set the table a little bit though, just in case people haven't heard the story. Like, just set the table like with literally what happened before we start going to like the, the yeah. Why you know why don't you do that? Yeah, and then yeah, just really we can quick, come just back. Really quickly, we can come back to the legal issue. I don't want because your your insights are always so good. And I don't want people to be like, what is he talking about, or why are we talking about this? So. There is a small uh, newspaper in Kansas that did a fairly in constant. It's called the Marion County Record, mm-hmm. um, and they were apparently what happened is is they were at a press conference for a congresswoman, a congressperson, a regional congressperson, member of the U.S. House of Representatives, and the restaurant owner threw out the reporters that work for the newspaper, and that started kind of a sort of a sweater thread got like a news story this is a story yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so so the i guess the the staffers that work for this congressman were horrified and they were super apologetic and so the um the owner of the bar was going through like a sounds like a kind of a character in and to and of herself and someone a real facebook as, warrior too oh yeah she's like posted this like we can go go through that like quite the poster of screeds i'm sure you know the type you guys anyway she so the long story of it is is that somebody tipped off this newspaper after this happened to say that this woman was using a fake driver's license so that she could apply for a liquor license and the newspaper felt like they were being set up because the of the way the source reported the information there there was looked like there was a possibility because of the kind of personal information that they shared with the newspaper um that they suspected that this person might be affiliated with her ex-husband again this is just this woman that runs this owns this restaurant it was a claim of identity theft it was a claim of identity theft the newspaper was like you know what this is super shady all of this is weird we are not going to run this story the end that's what happened. And yet this is why the police raided the right. offices and the home of the publisher was to cl- was to claim that they had somehow stolen this woman's identity. They accused a newspaper of identity theft for a story that never ran. Okay, I just wanted to make sure yeah, that no, we got that up you. and out of the way. Okay, now go ahead. So you, and you're right, because the context is super important, because the search warrant uh, that was served both at the House and the and the newspaper office is wildly out of line with typical practice. When you're talking about a publisher of any kind or a, a library, something that has a First Amendment implication on it, you are typically going to send a subpoena because a subpoena is a it's an order it's a legally binding document that says you have to appear and you have to bring this information and that allows a challenge to occur right if you've heard of a reporter going to jail for contempt of court it's because they appeared for a subpoena and they refused to bring the information or answer the questions and so the court can hold them then they can be held in contempt for failing to follow a court's order if the judge decides to do so uh, or not typically 
that doesn't happen. Um, and you know, we don't force by law. Typically we don't force reporters and news agencies to give up their information on their sources based on first amendment rights. It's a pretty basic principle that goes back to, I don't know, the founding uh, of the country and was kind of one of the most important things that they cared about the freedom of the press and the ability for the press to do uh, its job. And so this is a, a massive problem. The publisher, I think he hit it on the head uh, of this newspaper that he said that this will have a chilling effect. And I, I, I don't think it could be said better than that. That's exactly what it's going to have is a chilling effect because if you're now a small town publisher and there's still plenty of them out there, uh, if you're doing that work, and you're wondering, I mean, hell, just think about for us, right? Uh, something comes up and suddenly we get nervous about something because we're concerned that somebody could knock our door down and take all of our stuff because we said something bad about, do you, you know, do you Josh like, Hawley. Do you mean like when the governor of Missouri called the police on two reporters on a re for yeah, letting reporters, somebody, yeah. letting a state agency know that they're encrypted information wasn't encrypted the, anymore the gal in florida who got uh, the reporter in florida she got arrested uh she reported about them misreporting mis uh, covid numbers and they raided her home and like turned her life upside down for a couple of years as a result of that so yeah i mean this this stuff it it you know not to get cute about it but it you know this aggression cannot stand man like this man, is right <laughs> yeah like this is fucked up it's just it's not cool yeah well and something that i love and somebody died like it, right good lord yeah, nine yeah. a 98 year old his this the, the publisher's 98 year old mother um you know i have a 97 year old grandma she is she's doing all right but I mean, I wouldn't want to put her heart through any stress. Have the police kicked stress. her door down recently? Yeah, and like just that they didn't announce why they. I mean, imagine these are like utterly law-abiding people who are also probably, I would imagine, like you know, a newspaper publisher in a town that small. People know everybody knows them. Yes, like they're right. they're members of the community, and I, you know, I've known a few of those people, and they love their town it's like you can't yes, they do yes they, they do. love them so much and they're just kind of like you know again this was a story I, I i feel like i just need to say this one more time and then i'm gonna throw it over to sean um and maybe i'll do one more slight editorial before i do that sorry um they did not run a story about this they decided they changed their minds they looked into it they did discover some information they were not comfortable publishing that information about this woman, so they didn't. Right. So right. I don't. It's very strange to me that uh, this to me. I'll say two. Okay, let me say two word links. I think this is going to be the subject of ABC News does a thing. Twenty twenty does a thing. Uh, oh, yeah. This is this is because someone died. So you know they should have done a story about. Um, frankly, the, the national news media should be talking about Julian Assange way more than they are. I don't give a shit how you feel about him. The Trump and the Trump administration unsealing the indictment against Julian Assange was an attack of the free press period. It 100%. doesn't matter what your feelings are about him. This was not for what he did with the DNC emails, which was stupid. I don't whatever. Um, and this was about his actions that got, uh, Chelsea Manning incarcerated. Right. This was about those, right? This was very important information to the United States at the time, whatever. So all the news media should be talking about this story. They should have been talking about Mike Parson more calling right. the police on 
this is like again like you can't give them an inch because this has been the this is what conservative movements always do is to impugn right. the truth um so hopefully this will get uh, a national spot because it's it's a, it's tragic it was tragically unnecessary it is it is tragically unnecessary and it is a it is an awesome display of the power of the state when it is put into the hands of somebody who is willing to use it for selfish reasons sean take us out on this issue and then let's move on sure yeah so you're right rachel the new york times picked it up two hours ago and uh so tomorrow which is today for everyone listening to it it probably will be everywhere they need to amp up the headline it says raid of small kansas newspaper raises free press concerns what weak shit is that? And what I mean, for the New know. York for the New York Times? That's I don't know. That's about right. I don't know. Anyway, I don't but, know. Um, I'm surprised. Honestly, for the New York Times, I'm a little surprised. It's not like police have tough time with raid in Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> right. How about how about this? I'll do I'll do you a little I'll, I'll do you a little job. I'll do you a little service. New York Times uh, publisher's elderly grand elderly mother dies of shock after invasive police raid and first amendment something like right. you could just throw her, that her death 97 year old woman dead after possibly right. illegal raid by police on newspaper owner right it doesn't raise free speech concerns is someone gonna write a fucking paper about this like they're acting like they're gonna take the reporters to jail this is like a criminal search warrant right. and then they, like in real life like we'll to, again like sorry not to keep like i keep i, I keep walking on sean i mean, like no they seize let's just be clear about what they did Mike Parson is an idiot, and he opened. He asked police to open an investigation on two St. Louis Post Dispatch reporters, and basically nothing happened. Right? right. The, the police showed up. They looked at these. They looked at these two young reporters and were like, "Uh, okay, you didn't break the law. Um, we're not going to refer charges." That's what happened. That's that's mm -hmm. that's the extent of it. In this case, the biggest difference is is that the police seized everything. They seized all their computers. They seized all the cell phones of the journalists who work there. They seized the computers for all the journalists that work there. It's a small staff, but he had like seven people working there. Imagine being able to be talented and smart enough to maintain a staff of seven people at a small town Kansas newspaper in 2023, right? So these people still don't have their electronic devices back yet. Um, that's the most, th again, like, this is some galling shit. This is like, this should be, right. uh, go ahead. Well, go it's ahead. criminal. It's not academic. It's criminal. And like, there's nothing that the FBI is better at than getting wiretaps on idiot local right. <laughs> right. judges, cops, you know, I, yeah. it's like, I'm waiting yeah. to see how this unfolds. Cause like, this is definitely a civil rights violation. There's probably other law breaking involved I, too, because you're right. Like the publisher said it was probably a setup. That's why we didn't run the story. Yeah. And then the police come. So like, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. yeah. I there's think a lot like, of weird shit here. I think like there's some hunger for like a Murdaugh, those, those Murtaugh, Murda, whatever their names were that, that like crooked ass, like super criminal, like, like lawyer family in the middle of wherever they were. Oh, uh, the ones and... in like Virginia or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, guy yeah. killed yeah, his Riggs and Murtaugh from Lethal yeah, Weapon. So yeah. He, so he, so he <sighs> killed, so he, that's a, that, was, that involves a murder, but like, he was like uh, 43. I can, I can just see, I can just see like HBO being like, should probably buy a documentary about this, shouldn't we? This is very yeah. like, this reeks of that kind of stuff. Anyway, horrible though. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's move on to something uh, not horrible. Yeah. 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 
was a weak transition, but it's hard to it's hard to transition out of that kind of insanity. Um, got to the yeah yeah. Uh, had a great time Saturday night. Jess Piper and I uh, were able to link up in Lafayette County, Missouri, in Higginsville at the American Legion, where they were serving uh, delicious pork loin and chicken and uh, pasta salad and sides and auctioning off pies and banned books and a beautiful picture of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And uh, lots of uh, Missouri Democrats were there. A uh, bunch of members from the Missouri House Caucus were there, and uh, along with statewide uh, candidates, uh, heard heard from uh, Lucas Kuntz, and my goodness, there was there was a whole slate of them. Uh, but it closed out with uh, Crystal Quaid. She gave the key, the keynote, and everybody did a great job. Russ Carnahan was there. He was one of the people who spoke. Um, Yvonne Reeves uh, Chung spoke. She's uh, the vice uh, chair of the party and got to talk with her extensively, which was great. She's very, very, very interesting person and uh, awesome outlook to have in in leadership, I think, for the state of Missouri. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was just a great night. Uh, I bought a pie. Uh, Glenda Bainbridge, shout out to Glenda, uh, the chair of the Lafayette County Dems, and she's working with the state party now too some. Uh, Glenda is a longtime uh, Democrat who's put in a ton of work. Uh, she, you know, she's in a county that is a very hard place right now to be Glenda and be to be running a county party, but she's doing a great job. And the pie auction is a huge draw, uh, and it was a ton of fun. It's my first one. It will not be my last one. Uh, it was a, a, a ton of fun, and I bought a gooseberry pie. Uh, Sean, I'm sure you've had some gooseberry pie in your I life. I know that I have. Really. really? Yeah, that surprises ever. me. It's my favorite pie, like by by a country mile, uh, which it has to be because you can only get gooseberry <laughs> pie on a country mile. So <laughs> it's the only, only place you can find it. Uh, it was delicious. Uh, I, I dished it up, uh, shared it with some uh, with some electeds. Uh, and uh, I think everybody enjoyed it quite a bit. And then I bought the uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg picture that uh, glenda yeah, also made say, you, should, you should talk about the the yeah. summer gallery lending program that you're yeah. starting now. so i bought this picture it's a beautiful <laughs> picture uh and uh, uh representative uh, ani uh and weber i think both were trying to get it and so i apologize uh i snatched it i took it it's mine now and i'm it's, it's going to be mine i bought it but um in the meantime i thought wouldn't she make a great addition, a little RBG? It's a beautiful acrylic uh, canvas, rainbow colors of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And so let's put her on loan. Let's let's loan her out to the Missouri House Democrat Caucus for the session. And she can live in Jeff City and she can go office to office. And, uh, you know, maybe a final stop with our future first female governor of the state of Missouri in Representative Quaid's office. And uh, then she can come home and she can live on one of my daughter's walls where, you know, she can be an inspiration, uh, you know, that's been blessed by some some fierce. And and, and that's the other part of this, the, this pie auction I want to point out is. It was, it was really cool. I posted on my Instagram a picture that I got of Representative Quaid. She was carrying pies around and showing them off. Representative Ani was doing that. I think uh, uh, Representative Mackey did it at some point. I think Elad Gross did it at some point. Like, you know, everyone's kind of taking turns doing it. And the joy on their faces, you know, doing this work and like being together. And and I went to the back of the room during Representative Quaid's uh, speech uh, and watched, right? I just 
I took some pictures, but then I was just watching the people and watching the representatives. These are people who are elected. They, they aren't even in this district. None of these, most, most of the people there can't vote for them. Uh, they're just there to support, uh, you know, the, the organization in general, but they were there to see Crystal, both as a colleague and a friend, but I think also as a leader. And I think it was very clear the amount of respect and the amount of, uh, you know, just not awe. It's not awe. It's, it's, it's seeing one of their own do exactly the thing that, that we know needs to happen and doing it with the, the grace and the charisma and the charm and like all of these things that you see in person. And she really is exactly what, she presents as right. There's nothing about her that is manufactured in the least. She's like extremely real. And so it was just very, very cool to see them, you know, they're taking video of her, right. And taking pictures and like, it's, they're seeing this thing and it's as big of a deal to them as it is to the folks who were there who aren't in the game, so to speak. Um, And again, I don't think it was just that she's running and it's cool. I think there's a genuine respect there. I think it's an earned respect um, and I think that as, the, as voters get to know her, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and, you know, what I concluded with my thought about that on my Instagram post was this is not 2020. This is not 2020. This is a much different it's cycle. Definitely not 2020. It's definitely not. I agree. I wasn't there, but I agree with that sentiment. It's just a completely different. Yeah. Uh, it feels yeah. different. So, yeah, and it was a ton of fun. There's 200 people in the room. A bunch of money was raised for uh, the Lafayette County uh, party, which is awesome. They do good stuff. They help candidates out. They help fund stuff. So they, 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 you know, they get that money out the door. It comes in, they get it back out the door to help uh, Democrats across the state. And uh, so shout out to Glenda and Jack. Uh, Jack also was doing a lot of work and, and all the Lafayette County Democrats. I know there's a lot that listen to this show. Uh, they did a great job. They threw an awesome event. I look forward to coming back next year and maybe uh, maybe we'll bring more of us uh, and maybe we'll bring more of our credit cards and not just mine and, uh, you know, <laughs> buy some more stuff, uh, run some more pies up. There were some insane pies. I'll tell you what, my God, a lot of Gross's uh, mother-in-law made this thing that the whole room was just buzzing about. It was it was crazy, the, this concoction um that folks such a great idea i never heard of a pie auction oh yeah but any county party can do that any person can do that so people brought pies and it was just a good time some pies were 80 bucks some pies were you know we don't talk it's impolite to talk about the money that people pay for gooseberry pies but uh some of them were more (laughs) expensive than other pies but it was a very delicious uh you know per gooseberry i think i came out pretty well uh on that pie so uh, it was a good time. So that's what I've got uh, for the yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. So let's move on to the buy sell here. All right, buy or sell, continued education attacks will boomerang just like abortion. We've kind of talked about this before, uh, but it's getting worse it's ramping up just like the abortion stuff just like rachel pointed out earlier with the lawsuit about the test balloon stuff the education stuff is exactly the same they're going to poke here and prod there and try this one here and that one there and a little bit you know a little different flavor over here. it's like cooking right you, you're trying a bunch of different shit and then you figure out the magical ingredient combination and voila you've invented a dish that's what they're trying to do uh, Arkansas discredits, literally discredits black history. Uh, if you take AP, 
uh, history in Arkansas, that uh, African-American studies course and AP African-American studies course. Uh, you can't get college credit for it in Arkansas, even though it's an AP course that's already been approved for college credit. Uh, Georgia, we've got a teacher in Georgia uh, being grilled about a book about gender roles and divisive concepts. And then, uh, as Rachel put it in here, DeSantis desantizes uh, school curriculum <laughs> again. Uh, climate videos, not we're, we're not going to have that in school. I'll tell you that much. Science no, is out in Florida. It's worse. It's worse. Yeah, it's, uh, dig into this, it. There's this. It's one of these like far right, uh, like we don't want to pay taxes and we're also religious and we're also super racist groups of people. I'll look them up here in a second. I remember they're <laughs> the trifecta. There, it's yeah, really, we don't want to pay taxes. And then Prager, we're also whatever it's, the other two things are, you guys need us to be so that we don't Prager, have to pay taxes. It's Prager you. Yeah. So Prager you is awful. They've, I feel like they've been around for a long time. I can't really remember. I was, I, I, I was going to look them up, but then I also had to read about Mike Lindell today. So I was like, maybe I don't need <laughs> to do that right now. Um, they are, it's not, they are videos that instruct children. He's actually the former Dean of students at PragerU. Okay. Okay. There you go. <laughs> uh, they are videos. So now they are Prager produced videos. And again, it's not a university. It's a think tank basically. And, a you know, yeah. a, a, a pack, um, is making videos that are now approved curriculum in the state of Florida because of Ron DeSantis's stupid, uh, administration and they uh, they instruct children. It's it's just complete and utter propaganda. So it's teaching children that renewable energy is tantamount to Nazism. Right. That's it. That's all I have. They to just say. connect like, the so, dots for the kids. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Nothing so divisive the, about that. And the the there's it's it's not the best article I've ever read, but I do want to say it's in the Guardian. But I do want to say that like my heart really went out to the journalists because they actually had to watch these videos. <laughs> I actually had to sit through them and like comment on what they said in the content. Um. So I'm just gonna is, do you do you care if I start out with my response? No, go ahead. This? Okay, I sell it. I definitely sell it. Wow. Uh, and here's why. Well, because like, it's just the same. There's something about the finality of abortion that to me is different than this, because I've just seen this issue to me. This is more like gun control or something where the, the it's not quite as, it's not quite as a, of a black and white issue. And also um, the attack on public education is just going to be this ongoing, like never ending, no, I think I think healthcare is different um, mm -hmm. because it's it's something you can restore, right? Like with with abortion, you could tick a box and it's legal. Right. With um, education funding, education curriculum, there's always a boogeyman. When I was growing up, my well, God, it also, when it I also was... takes a lot longer to see the yeah, the that's right. Like you could say that, like I don't know what was work like. I mean, I lived through No Child Left Behind and the Bush administration's education department saying that they had to teach abstinence-only education because that was the only way to not get pregnant. Right. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm 30-something and I'm having to live through this. And then when I was a kid, the big thing was evolution, that they can't have evolution right. in schools. And the big thing was always like free. So I just feel like it's all I, – I mean – I just don't, I hope there's a backlash, but I don't think there's going to be because I think people self-select the kind of education they want for their children or mm -hmm. they're poor. 
That's it. Those are the two options you have. You can afford right. to send your child to a private parochial uh, school that's either kind of liberal or a private non-religious school that's just very academic and right. is, you know, ensures their path to the, you know, the Ivy Leagues or whatever. And then there's people that can afford to live in, you know, well-funded school district. I mean, some of these school districts in the, the St. Louis County, for example, I know for, for sure oh. um, this yeah. is going to backlash, but I think it's more yeah. of a it's more of a constellation of 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 effects um but i think it's an interesting way to to sort of broach the topic yeah what about you sean buy it or sell it i'm gonna buy it i'm gonna have the opposite conclusion but i love where you left it because like just what you said you know people self-select where their kids are going to go to school or they're poor that doesn't mean everyone who goes to public schools is poor what it means is correct what you said folks who can will live in a good school district you know um and Suburbs are where the swing voters live and Georgia and Arizona are new swing states. Mm -hmm. Georgia and Arizona, I think are also, you know, getting younger than they used to be. Um, Arizona was rapidly always getting older for a long time. I don't know if that's, you know, uh, what's happening with that trend, but we do know that they voted for Joe Biden after voting for Republicans forever. And this is part of the context. Um, You know, when a lot of these laws, like you said, like, you know, there are all these test balloons. The one in Georgia is about divisive, concepts is what they're trying to outlaw Mm -hmm. and this will be interesting to see if this teacher is able to get the federal judiciary involved to save her job based on the first amendment by throwing out the statute because the idea of these divisive concepts it's a prior restraint right well but it's also like who gets to decide what's divisive and then if you're deciding that it's divisive, if you think it's divisive, really you're just deciding that the other side right. cannot be expressed. You're outlawing that expression. And so and it's a First Amendment case, right? So you're talking about rational basis, basically, because, I mean, they're not going to have a right. there's no compelling state interest here. Right. Definitely not to keep us from talking about divisive concepts. That's pretty much like... The point of free speech, right, right, yeah. and, so, and also, or, school, well, and I, also, and also, by the way, school, right, right, right. 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 So the bizarre part, why I don't think this is going to hold water in the long term, is because like it does, it does fall apart, you know, under scrutiny. But also in real life, you know, these books, like the one that the teacher was getting grilled about, like all these books that are getting banned, right, especially on LGBTQ stuff. The books are about if you're a kid. And you think the whole world hates you? you yeah, can it's still okay love to be yourself. you. It's okay to be you. It's Mister Rogers, right? You can still love yourself, and there are other people who will love you, yeah. even if the people around you you have you feel value. Like, Please don't kill yourself. Don't That's kill what your, these exactly. books are. That's what they're for. Right. The books the are saying books. if the people around you and the people in power in the institutions you're in make you want to kill yourself, there is a bigger world. There are ways to find love and dignity in the world. And that's what they're saying is the divisive concept. Right. So the converse of that is that like, if the power holding individuals and the institutions you're in do make you want to kill yourself, you're supposed to shut up, right. I guess, right. and let them have their way and have their message be the only message. I don't think that's going to last. Yeah. I, see, I'm going to, I'm going to push. can I push back one more time before you say something? Adam? Yeah, really quick. Back. And then we really quick. I just want to say like, that sounds very status quo to me. It just like, you know, like it just yeah. sounds like this is the same. So part stupid... of the status quo is Georgia and Arizona are blue states now. So that's part of my thing. 
So right. I think that they fucked up and they're not going to go red again if they're going to be completely against. Educa- no, no, no. That's maybe on a political, maybe on the political spectrum. That is correct. I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. But I'm talking about in terms of so the electoral, you're talking about like electoral backlash. And I'm talking about more like, like will society as a whole turn to oh, yeah, local people like this? That's That was the conversation I was having. I apologize. I agree with you about the, 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 the messaging of it is stupid. Yeah. But I think that what I've seen is that the uh, this country is so, so big and there are so many school districts in it that it's so th- these these issues have lasting impacts on districts that get forgotten about. Right. Yeah. And the harm is they real don't, and it will yeah, be long lasting. Right. And they don't go. The, the It takes a generation to get rid of this stupid curriculum. And so like. The notion that it was still controversial to teach about reproductive health when I was in high school, right? Right. right. I that got hasn't lucky. gone away. It hasn't gone away. That's yeah. all I was saying. That's, so that's maybe a, I made that's the wrong. A fair maybe point. I was making the wrong point. I apologize. And also, this law, a, it's a stupid law. But b, it's aimed at the wrong thing. You want to get rid of the thing that makes people feel bad about themselves and is divisive. Get rid of math. Math is the only thing in school that made me feel bad about myself. Like it wasn't history class. History class was interesting. Math, I was just like, for me, I'm it was for me, for me, struggling it was in here. Yeah, Jim. Jim is super I divisive. Thought, right? I thought. Right? I thought Jim. I thought Jim existed. We played. We played like bombardment and stuff. Sure. And, yeah. And we, like dodgeball and stuff. Yeah. Right yeah. Those yeah. Yeah. We also had to run, and like like the mile day is like one of the most divisive days of all time when you got to go run the miles. Like no, yeah, talk about wanting to kill yourself. Oh, you Rachel gets to <laughs> kick the ball again. Okay, yeah, there's only two kids on go. mile day. Yeah. There's the kids who run miles and the kids who don't move, and it's <laughs> <laughs> it's highly divisive. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway, let's move on here uh, to the big one. And now, the big one. All right, the big one is uh, unfortunate because it is the wildfires in Hawaii, in Maui. Uh, Really horrible. Just yet another in a series of increasing climate change crises that are just stacking and stacking and stacking on top of one another. Uh, We were talking a couple weeks ago about uh, you know, uh, I think it was farmers uh, pulling out of Florida from writing stuff, and they're, they're, they pull out of California. So we've got insurance companies pulling out of these uh, these areas. Uh, the most recent update as of recording, this could change by the time you're listening to this, but at least as of uh, uh, late Sunday evening, the death toll in Maui County is at 93. Uh, the damage is estimated at $6 billion. Uh, and this, uh, based on the reporting here, this is NBC's reporting, uh, this is the deadliest wildfire in modern U.S. history, surpassing the 2018 campfire in California, which killed 85. And if you remember that, that was like a massive crisis uh, when that was ongoing. And this is worse than that. And that was um, longer. Like the campfire unfolded over a much longer period. And this just exploded onto Maui, kind of like yeah. what we saw here in uh, Boulder County. Yeah, and there's a there's a lawsuit that just came out against Hawaii Electric alleging that the uh, that the utility company they didn't de-energize the power lines uh, before the high winds hit, and that had they simply turned the power off on these power lines, they may have saved unknown numbers, you know, damage that could could have been reasonably avoided or at least 
you know, foreseeable damage uh, that could have been mitigated. So it's unbelievably horrible, um, truly unbelievably horrible. You know, we you think of Maui. I've never been there, but everybody I know who's been to Hawaii or spent time in Hawaii, you know, it, it is this unbelievable place that is, you know, people go once and they that's all they ever do for the rest of vacation is they just want to go back to Hawaii, right? It's just like this incredible scene. Um, one of the people I lived across from in uh, growing up, she went to Hawaii for several years and, you know, to this day, she's, she hasn't lived in Hawaii for, I don't know, like more than a decade probably. Um, and still, right, is there's always memories on her social feed about that. So it's just, it's hard to, to I think, think about Hawaii and think about one of the greatest climate catastrophes in the history of the world. Um, so we should, so what really is interesting is that this is a culmination of failures right yeah. what is the, is it constellation of failures is that the is that the legal jargon did i get that right is that how you guys put it in lawsuits um, a constellation of i would never say that in a lawsuit but somebody okay. might yeah well i'm not a lawsuit but i feel like it's a, it's a lawyer <laughs> that um so anything that sounds all, like two words so, that go that don't normally go together together always sounds like a yeah lawyer. that's that's the trick so so um like the the fire like the campfire fire that it it went up so quickly people couldn't get out of the way right there was no but there was no there was uh, no warning, warning. system yeah. that's another thing they're looking into is like where was the warning system and even the like the emergency responders were like we really did not have time we don't first of all we don't do fires here like this isn't our thing um we're floods and hurricanes that's what we do in Hawaii, floods and hurricanes and tropical storms. We don't do fire. Um, so like it, the Guardian, I, I'm sure every news outlet has just horrifying images of just completely like basically like uh, th there's Lanai is ash. It's all ash. Yeah. And I saw the, a before and after video of. like. Oh, yeah. Elliot was telling me. About, oh, yeah, my yeah, God. Yeah. I it, mean, it's, it's just unbelievable. It's, so um, there's nothing to say here except for. Like I wrote something on one of my social feeds this week that was like, this was the day that the day after DeSantis announced that they were going to let these videos go into the curriculum in Florida. Um, and then the Lanai fires happened. And I was like, I can only imagine what the conversation would look like between a child in Maui and a child or a child a ch yeah a child in Ma and a child in florida right now like how do you square that circle um yeah. because one is seeing something the other is being taught not to believe in right and the so there was the the combination of issues that happened were we didn't know until today that it was probably because of these high winds and power lines and you know, PG&E will black your ass out now if you're in California because they learned their lesson by going bankrupt. Because so so all of these. So now the power company is going to get sued to oblivion right. for this. Um, And all of this is to say that this is the only way people are going to probably get the, the value of their homes um, is by going through litigation and the other factor was aside from like that there were you know offshore winds that were incredibly fast and it was very hot and very dry which is unusual for this time of year how shocking 
but there's also this invasive grass that grows in these um that what should be low-lying jungle areas and rainforest areas but there's i forget the name of it but it is I, I i think i remember the name from seeing it like also like on the west coast where it's not supposed it looks natural and beautiful but it's not supposed to be there and because it is an invasive species it grows too high during the rainy season yeah. and there's nothing that gets rid of it except say i don't know an accidental fire so um I, there isn't really anything to say except that like i would not be surprised if right now in addition to talking about how they're going to win in 2024 and making appearances in various states and campaign stuff and all the other uh things that somebody like the president of the United States has to deal with on a daily basis um i wonder how the conversations are going about a climate emergency because like when people talk about like why hasn't biden just declared a climate emergency i'm like because you have to coordinate like seven different agencies or something justice fema uh uh the epa uh i, I mean numerous agencies would have to be involved in declaring a climate emergency but this feels like something that might happen after this before right. this i was like i don't know that's that's like such such a big leap but could I see lame duck Biden declaring sure. a climate emergency and ensuring that there are funds that are immediately allocated to just um, uh, clear a lot of like regular, like I don't want to say regulatory, but let's just say like red tape hurdles to get renewable projects off the ground, to get nuclear power off the ground, to get like all of these things up and running. Um, now I can see this as a part of our immediate future. And it's such an easy political lift too. Um, I'll throw it to Sean with this. You know, I can I can so easily imagine Biden saying something along the lines of, you know, we can look back in in the history of disasters in this country, and you know, we can see when they suddenly looked like something different, something we'd never seen before. Uh, Hurricane Andrew maybe should have been a wake up call. Hurricane Katrina certainly should have been a wake-up call and we didn't handle that correctly we didn't do a very good job at all uh dealing with that you know they could they could name you know uh, sandy right should have been a wake-up call and we're not going to let the maui wildfires go by without waking up it's time for the american paradise people. should have been yeah yeah right you know yeah. we're gonna do this we're gonna we're, you know just lean right into it uh you know we're not gonna let you know the you know climate crisis continue to destroy american treasures uh like this they, and, and, you can't, and people's you homes it, like you can't insure a home anymore right. in california like th that's if that's not enough again i'm going to say it again if that's not enough of a wake-up call for your conservative relatives um and don't think for a second that won't come for you that yeah. your house won't be suddenly worthless because you can't insure it anymore right, sean you you take this and you'll be you take us home here okay well i have the one thing that's been just you know, ricocheting through my brain the last three days is uh, this governor, Josh Green, who is a Democrat. I don't ever want to hear his name again. Like this guy needs to resign and not run for anything again. Um, from what I've heard about the failure for people to understand what was going on. Sirens didn't go off. People were running into the ocean because Maui was on fire. And, you know, it's not like Hawaii has this history of sending, you know, high profile national politicians, but, you know, not great. Yeah. I think that's about, uh, yeah, that's well said. Um, I'll, I will just tag this on the end here on our way out. Uh, help out 
uh, I've posted a link for the Red Cross. I think that's a pretty good organization to go through. Um, they, you know, they, they show up uh, and they fund a lot of stuff. So it's a great place if you got five bucks or ten bucks. Uh, you know, any anything at, at this point is going to be very helpful. Um, do what you can. I, you know, it's it's fine if you can't. That's okay too. Uh, but you can tell other people about what's going on and spread the word because that can also be a way to help out. Is make sure that people hear the information. So. Uh, that'll do it for this regular show. We've got a Real Housewives coming at you tomorrow. And for our subscribers on Patreon, uh, a last call uh, about uh, Mike Lindell. Still crazy after all these <laughs> years, baby. Is that Willie Nelson? Yeah. <laughs> Heartland Pod is a production of MidMap Media LLC. Producers Adam Summer, Rachel Parker, and Sean Diller. Outro song by American Aquarium, written by BJ Barnum, called The World is on Fire. Learn more about the Heartland Pod at heartlandpod.com. Learn more about American Aquarium at americanaquarium.com. said, what are we gonna do? What's this world coming to? For the first time in my whole life, I stood there speechless.
coming in too But she'll have my fight She'll have her mama's fire If anyone builds a wall 